0: Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 27th. Today's big idea? The Senate is coming apart. Roy Moore's victory in Alabama and Bob Corker's retirement in Tennessee last night sent shockwaves across the Capitol and shivers down the spines of institutionalists in both parties. The dual developments are fueling concerns about the long-term health of the world's greatest deliberative body, and heightening fears in Washington that the center may not hold in American politics. President Trump's chosen candidate, Luther Strange, lost by nine points in a GOP runoff in Alabama. He's the first incumbent to go down in a primary in five years. Moore, who beat him, believes in the supremacy of the Bible over the Constitution. He's been suspended twice as the Chief Justice of the Alabama Supreme Court for refusing to obey federal court orders. He won by promising that he will never compromise. And Corker, the powerful chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, who's earned a reputation over the last 12 years as a real dealmaker on the Hill, announced he won't seek another term after it became clear that he would face a well-funded primary challenge from his right. Yesterday's developments are part of a much bigger trend. There are fewer and fewer dealmakers who are interested in the finer points of governing, and that could mean more political extremism in the future. John McCain, a giant of the Senate, is battling brain cancer, and he said this week that his prognosis is not good. There's talk among top Republicans in Washington this morning that the results in Alabama may prompt additional retirements and will embolden potential primary challengers next year who had been torn about whether to go ahead with it. We already knew Arizona Senator Jeff Flake was in trouble. Now, Nevada Senator Dean Heller and Mississippi Senator Roger Wicker both have cause for concern. For the first time since 2006, Republicans have full control of the federal government, both chambers of Congress, the White House and the Supreme Court. But Republican leaders have been unable to capitalize on this immense power. Take the failure of the Cassidy Graham bill, which was the Republicans last ditch effort to make good on their seven year promise to repeal the Affordable Care Act. Angry voters react to this dysfunction not by electing people who want to fix the gears, but instead sending people who prefer to pour more sand in them. A handful of the Senate's most moderate Democrats might also lose next year. Even though Trump's relatively unpopular nationally, Republicans could pick up Senate seats in 2018 because of the nature of the map. Several Democratic incumbents are up for re-election in ruby red states, from West Virginia's Joe Manchin to Indiana's Joe Donnelly, North Dakota's Heidi Heitkamp, and Missouri's Claire McCaskill. If any of them lose, they're almost certainly going to be replaced by much more ideologically rigid lawmakers who have less of an incentive to reach across the aisle. Bottom line, the Senate is changing. It's becoming harder and harder for moderates to govern. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Trump on Tuesday thanked China for helping reign in North Korea and claimed that international pressure on the rogue regime is beginning to work. His remarks appear to reflect an attempt at lowering the temperature after days of heated rhetoric from both sides. On Monday, North Korea's top diplomat said Trump had effectively declared war with his tweets. Then on Tuesday, Trump repeated a threat of military action. But his language was mild by comparison to his vow last week to, quote, totally destroy North Korea if necessary to protect the United States. Number two. The acting head of the Drug Enforcement Administration told staff members last night that he is planning to step down from his post in less than a week. Chuck Rosenberg has earned a reputation as someone willing to put himself at odds with his bosses in the White House and Justice Department. He garnered attention in July when he emailed his staff rejecting Trump's comments, suggesting that criminal suspects might be treated roughly when being put into police vehicles. It's not clear who his replacement will be. Number three. Trump told lawmakers yesterday that he is backing off his vow that the private sector should help pay for the infrastructure package. Previously, the strategy to finance this package aimed at luring private investors to foot the bill with promises of federal backing. Trump now says such private-public partnerships don't work. Instead, the president indicated he would seek to pay for infrastructure upgrades through direct federal spending, either by paying for projects with new tax revenue or taking on more debt. That approach would probably limit the scope of the initiative to a fraction of what the president has promised. And that's The Daily 202 for Wednesday, September 27th. Don't forget to take our quick listener survey at WashingtonPost.com slash Big Idea to let me know what you think of this briefing so that we can make it better. Thanks so much for listening. I'll talk to you tomorrow.